Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 373 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Angie Kelly. Angie lives in the Chicagoland area where she is a project manager for a health insurance company. Welcome, Angie. Hey, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here to tell your story. So, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So, short answer to my long story. (laughs) What brought me is weight loss, right? So, after years of trying to lose weight and or maintain, I finally decided to try intermittent fasting February of 2020. All right. So February of 2020 is when you you first heard about it. Now, you said that before that you couldn't lose or even maintain your weight. Tell us a little more about that. 
Certainly. So kind of going back to way back when, ever since I was a kid, really, I was always kind of the pudgy kid, right? So I, I feel like way back when I remember like five, between five and 10 years old, you know, I was always pudgy. I always had like socky legs. You know, I was raised on Kool-Aid, pop. <laughs> they were was my primary drink, you know, and had a lot of sweets, a lot. And I just remember always not liking my body, always being, you know, thinking I was, you know, looking at pictures of myself, feeling very chubby. Um, I mean, I can even look back at pictures now as a kid and I, I was chubby. By about eighth grade, I started getting into exercising. I was cheerleader. You know, I wanted to lose weight. I, you know, kind of turned a lot of that pudginess. I, I got thinned out, you know, kind of grew out of it after I went through puberty or whatnot. And I was fine for a little while. Can I circle back to something real quick before we go on from that? You talked about how you just never felt like even, you know, from five to 10 years old, you felt pudgy. Did that stem from comments that your family made? What what made you think that? Well, it did. So I, I, I mean, I had thick legs, but my family, my nickname was Bubbles right? Because I had a big butt, right? And oh, my, no. yeah. I was like, Bubbles, that sounds good. Like you're effervescent, no. you're cheerful. No. They called you Bubbles because they thought your butt was big. Yes. So. Okay. Note to families, do yeah. not give children a nickname based on body parts, please. Yes, ever, right. ever. Right. Oh, no. So I totally developed a complex, you know, yeah. like I, I just kind of like hated my body. Like I hated my butt. It was the worst part of me, you know, and it just... You know, and then obviously, you know, you have society with Barbie and everything mm -hmm. of what you should look like, you know. So it was just, I, I really didn't like myself and how I looked, right? So, so you went through, went through puberty and you thinned out a little bit after that. Just maybe just the natural thinning out after puberty and being active. Yeah, I feel like that. I, I was a cheerleader in junior high. I got into exercising and I actually like started taking diet pills, right? Because mm -hmm. I was so destined to be thin, right? I wanted the long skinny legs and, you know, obviously my body type, I not knowing I could never get to that point, but it was just always my legs. Like I, I've always kind of had a heavier trunk and it was just, I just did so much. And I, I feel like I was kind of like, I kind of fasted, <laughs> Mm -hmm. But not even knowing it, right? Because I would starve myself, quote unquote, to try to maintain or to be at this ideal weight of like 100, 105 pounds. And how tall are you? I am barely 5'1". Okay. And you know, were you taking, were those like over-the-counter diet pills, like the Dexatrim it and was. all of those? Yeah. <laughs> Remember those. Yep. Dexatrim. I exercised so hard and I literally only ate like once a day, but wow. I, I just, to me, it was like starving myself. Right. right? It was for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, it's funny how we think that you know, we look, we look at the magazines, we look at the, you know, quote, ideal body, what it's supposed to look like, Barbie, like you said. And we think that we are one diet away from changing our body into that when really we're built the way we're built. We have the frame, we have the, you know, you said you had stocky legs. That's not, we're not going to suddenly have the Barbie long legs. Exactly. Exactly. Right? 
So kind of fast forward a little bit. I had my first pregnancy as a teenager. I gained about 60 pounds, lost it really, really fast, right? I, I was busy, you know, have multiple jobs. I, I was on my feet a lot. So that was super easy to lose. Second and third pregnancies, I gained like, I think like my second pregnancy, I gained 40 pounds. I was 22-ish. I lost all but the last 20. And then by my third pregnancy, I didn't gain as much. But of course, I didn't go back to my pre-pregnancy weight, right? So right. I, I always kind of crept up and up after that. So after I had my third child in 2006, I think I was about 160 pounds Okay, after that. I tried multiple things like keto. I, I did, but I felt like I was absolutely starving on keto. Ditto. You've heard me say that. And <laughs> yeah. it's funny when I hear people say, oh, if you just adjust your macros and eat enough fat, you'll be satisfied. I'm like, no, that never right. was. I tried so hard. Right. Some of us, fat is just not satisfying. Exactly. So I yo-yoed. I, I tried Weight Watchers for a little while. I was pretty, I got down to like 150 and it, it just kept on yo-yoing back and forth. And I, I was just at a point in my life where I just, I kind of got lost into motherhood. I let yeah. myself go. I felt like no matter what I did, I just couldn't lose weight. And I just really just kind of hated my body. You know, like I, I just, whatever, you know, I, I was just kind of destined to be big. I think so many of us understand that and or that feeling that you had. You know, I certainly had that feeling when I had tried so hard. You know, you're trying so hard. You're doing everything that, you know, that Weight Watchers tells you to do, Every following your, the macros for keto, doing, doing it all right. And mm -hmm. your body's like, nope, not going to lose the weight. And then you're like, forget it. I'm just going to be a mom. I'm going to be overweight. That's just who I am. No exactly. big deal. Right? Exactly. Yeah. At about 2011, I was in bed one night um, watching TV. I was at my max at like 184. And I just, I was so sick and tired of, I, I was just so miserable in my own skin. I, I was like depressed, right? I, I had mm -hmm. depression. I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired type right. of thing. You know, I kind of hit my breaking point, my rock bottom, I guess. And I finally... I saw an ad on TV for Jillian Michaels, like her body revolution program. And I decided to try it. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I stuck with it. And I lost like 44 pounds. Wow. Right? She's so in, she's so motivating. I remember yes. watching her on The Biggest Loser. Yes. And she was so motivating. And also she's beautiful. Yes, she is. And so we're like, she can teach me how to do this. She's getting great results with everybody. And you lost 44 pounds. I did. I did. So I got into the 140s. That whole program had kind of like a like an eating regimen too, which I followed. And it was basically just clean eating. You know, like mm -hmm. you totally cut sugar out for, I think, the first 14 days, kind of like a sugar detox, right? Because the more sugar you eat, the more you crave it. Or That's for me true. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drug to me. But um, so I, I followed that, totally kind of just started eating clean. And I worked out, did the program, and it totally like, it, and I've pretty much maintained ever since, right? In the 140s. I think I, I think 
the lowest I was able to get was 132. And that was literally just within a few days, right? So I I couldn't even sustain 132, right? So um, my body, like ever since then has just kind of gravitated in the 140s. I feel like that's like a really hard set point for me. (laughs) Yeah. So fast forward to 2020, actually before I I started intermittent fasting anyway. Um, So 2019, I was still in in that maintaining. I I worked out four to six times a week consistently. I've been consistently working out, eating about 80% clean, right? I, sweets is a little sore. Sweets is kind of hard for me. You know, it's like once I have some, it's hard for me to control not to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'm better off having no no candy bar than, you know, I could eat the whole bag of candy. So my weight started creeping up, right? Because okay. I was at the point where, you know, eating every few hours, small meals at a time. It, it was kind of like, you know, I was running on sugar, you know, like constantly wanting to yeah. eat. Oh, when was my next meal? When was it, you know, like I felt like I was so hungry all the time. My weight just started creeping up and up and up, right? It's really hard to have <laughs> such a strong handle on eating behaviors from sunup to sundown, yes. right? When yes. you're like constantly deciding, is it time to eat? Is it time to eat? Is it time to eat? And people who have not started intermittent fasting yet, who might be listening to this, maybe you know the new year's coming and you're thinking about, should I start intermittent fasting? You're probably thinking it's going to be a lot harder to not eat, but it's actually, Angie and I could tell you, it is a lot harder to eat all day and have to have that self-control about when's the next time I'm going to eat than it is just to delay your eating window. It Wouldn't is. you say that's true? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I am one to also, um, I, I tend to be an emotional eater mm-hmm. and I have struggled with, you know, kind of binge eating or kind of like with junk food per se, you know, sweets, junk food. If I'm not eating the right foods, it's like, it kind of sucks you in and makes you want to eat more and more and more, you know, right? just uh, top kind of the emotional binge eating tendency with the ultra processed food, mm-hmm. you know, so it kind of just gets you sucked right into that. That is really true. Those Not foods that they light up our brain in a different way than like an apple would yes. do or, you know, yes. broccoli, you know, there's, I love beans. I love to eat beans, but I've never binged on beans. You know, it's just one of those things I have binged on, let's say Doritos, right? Exactly. Or chips and dip, something about the chips and dip combination. Exactly. Can't stop. I I knew chips and dip shouldn't be in the house a long time ago. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. And when you get get to the point of if you're an emotional eater, it's kind of like you tend to go towards the foods that aren't as good for you. (laughs) I really think they're lighting up our brain in a different way based on what we know about ultra processed foods and how they're designed in the lab. I think that's by design. Exactly. It, It certainly is. So my weight started creeping up a little to about 155. And my my sister actually in, in 2019, probably about six months before I started intermittent fasting, she had started intermittent fasting or maybe even a whole year before. I don't know. But she had mentioned it to me. And the first time she mentioned it, I just kind of blew her off. And I'm like, what? I'm not starving myself. Like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. thank you. You know, like I... I almost kind of felt like she was pushing it on me a little, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, no, no, thanks. I'm not, 
not interested, you know. Well, it was kind of like the new year came came around again. She had kind of mentioned it, like put the other bug in my ear, <laughs> you know, and she's like, I'm, I'm telling you, I love it. And, but, you know, she just told me all the good things that she experienced on it. And she told me about your book. She read the book. I highly recommend it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I've done, I've lost all this weight. I've maintained for so long. Now I'm, you know, kind of creeping back up. I'm like, what the heck? I might as well try it, you know, because right. what I'm doing doesn't doesn't seem to be working anymore. So I bought Delay, Don't Deny. I read it and I, I decided to start fasting, right? So February awesome. 2020, and I haven't stopped since. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. (laughs) Awesome. See, that's the thing for everybody who's listening. This really is once you, once you start intermittent fasting, if you're, if you're still thinking about it, it really just feels so different than, than everything you were doing before. And, you know, like, like you were sticking to it. You were trying really hard. You were, you had lost the weight prior to intermittent fasting and it was slowly creeping back up Mm -hmm. and it started probably to feel harder and harder. And like, why am I working so hard? It did. It did. (laughs) So when you started intermittent fasting, how did you begin? Um, I started, I think like 1410, just after a couple days and kind of quickly moved to 168. It was definitely challenging at first. I was one that sucked on like cough drops a lot, like almost all day, right? So in, in chewed gum all the time. So that was really hard for me that was one of the hardest parts for me when I first started was to not do that. <laughs> I get it. Look, I had a, a gum, 
addiction, honestly. I bought spry gum, cinnamon flavor. You could buy it on Amazon, 600 pieces to the canister, 600. (laughs) And then it had like little pieces of it. Like now I would put it in, I had little canisters, little small ones that would be in my purse and in my desk drawer. And I was chewing that gum all the time. So was I. I mean, I I guess it's like, you know, people who are smokers, people who are, I always had to have something going on in my mouth. Same with me. (laughs) Some type of oral fixation. It was like, I always had that. And and it was like either gum or cough drop. Yeah. Like the Ricola honey ones were Uh absolutely. I have not chewed gum, by the way, since I started fasting clean. Like I have not even chewed it once. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Me either. So, um. Yeah, I I did that. As far as wet coffee goes, I I was already drinking black coffee from kind of my health journey before. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was definitely easy because at one point in my life, um, I was totally like a little bit of coffee to my cream, right? I used to. (laughs) But um, so I did that. And now I'm pretty much average, like 19 hours a day. Okay, so you're about a 19.5, which is kind mm-hmm. of kind of where I am. Yeah, I don't time it. I'm yeah. not real strict about it anymore. I just do what feels right. But yesterday I was at trivia with some friends. We came in first. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> our, our Thursday night trivia. But I was like, all right. I just, I was like, I had a little something to eat. And I'm like, all right, my window's closed. And someone who's not an intermittent faster said, what? What do you, what do you mean by that window? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so when I'm done eating, I'm finished for the day. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, how long is your window? And I was like, well, what time is it? It was exactly five hours from when I had opened it without yeah. even trying. It just starts to feel natural. It does. It does. Yeah. And I, believe it or not, I still time mine do on you? an app. Yes. I, and I do. And I feel like it's, I'm not strict like to the minute, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's just an accountability right. for me. And I just don't want to let that go. I get it. No, I totally get it. There have been a couple of times when I have suffered from what I like to call window creep. I'm sure you've heard me say that, you know, Mm -hmm. the pandemic of 2020, we started having window creep. (laughs) I had to, I had to pull back out my timer at that point. But, and then summer, when we first moved to the beach, I was in, I live at the beach now, so it's vacation mode mindset. So I was like, all right, I got to pay attention. And so I had a goal like for the month of, I don't know, August to delay my window purposefully to get myself back under control. So I totally understand, you know, using an app for accountability. If it helps you feel like you're not letting the window creep happen, it's worth doing. It does. And I like to make sure that I'm keeping my average because sometimes, obviously, 19 is the average. So sometimes I'll go 16. Sometimes I'll go 22. So, you know, it just fluctuates. So I just like to make sure I'm still within that average at least. (laughs) That makes sense. All right. So when you started, you were, you said around 155 perhaps? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what happened with weight loss for you? I really did not lose much weight. I got back in the 140s and I've pretty much been in the 140s since. So the lowest I've seen since I've started fasting is 142. Okay. But, you know, depending on what I eat and, you know, if I let, you know, window creep in, I could sometimes I'll like hit 150. I'm like, okay, 150, I'm backing off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I need to really watch this. <laughs> so um, I really haven't lost much weight. So it seems you've got that 140s. That's where you got down to with the the prior approach that you were using. You got down to 140s. It started to creep up. 
And now you're back down to that 140s and it's just mm-hmm. stuck. Yes. Yes. I, it really does sound like that's a, a place where your body feels happy. It is. It yeah. is. And and what what's really funny is, so yeah. I actually got a DEXA scan. Okay. Right. So I, I think you've heard of heard about DEXA scan, right? I have. Yep. They they scan your body and they can they can determine your body composition, like lean, you know, muscle yep. mass and all of that, fat yep. composition. Yep. So well before I started before I started fasting, I didn't, unfortunately. I started in February of twenty twenty. I did the DEXA scan September of twenty twenty. Okay. And I was told that the goal ideal goal is between 24 and 27% body fat. I was right at 28.4. So, I mean, I was a little bit higher than what I should, but it wasn't too bad. But my visceral fat, which is really neat because I was told the goal is 1.5 would be optimal. Mine was 0.09. Okay. So, so I when you like, your initial when in September yes. of 2020, the goal was one. You were 0.09, so you yes. were not at the ideal 0.5. No, I was like significantly less. I I like have barely any visceral fat, right? Right. So okay. Visceral fat, you know, the fat around your organs, yes. which is which is what you don't want. <laughs> I feel like from a weight loss perspective, though. I haven't really lost much weight. My body just doesn't seem to want to lose any more weight. Mm -hmm. I really am like from a health perspective, I'm fine with that. Like, and from a body image perspective, you know, so it's like, I'm kind of right where I I would ideally from a scale perspective would love to see a lower number. Right. Right. I mean, who doesn't, but I, I think I'm, good. You know, did I, you have a follow-up DEXA scan at any point other you know than what? that one from September of 2020? I, unfortunately, I haven't. I've been wanting to, and I wanted to before I actually did an interview with you to have a more recent one, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting data to have because, you know, know, with body recomposition, we see a lot of people who find that they're smaller. Like, let's just say, you know, 142, the the lowest you've seen since, like you might be smaller at 142 now than you were at 142 prior to intermittent fasting. Right, right. What do you think about those, how your clothes fit compared to maybe before intermittent fasting? Do you see any difference, do you think? I feel like from a clothes fitting perspective, they're about the same. I haven't really changed sizes or anything. But when I look at myself, I feel like I can see a little bit of body recomposition. Right. If that makes sense. But I I mean, someone that doesn't know me, right, may or someone that knows me but sees me, they may not notice. I, I don't know. But as far as sizing, I haven't really changed sizes. Okay. So, so somebody listening might think, well... You hadn't lost a ton of weight. You got back down to the 140s from around the 155, and there you are. And But yet you're still doing intermittent fasting. You'll never stop. So tell us a little bit about that. Why would you never, would, would you ever stop? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely came for the weight loss, but right. I'm, I'm staying for the health benefits, right? So reading your books, I, I read Delay, Don't Deny, and then I did read Fast, Feast, Repeat that explains it way more in depth, the health benefits, just mm-hmm. the health benefits and how I feel and how I've evolved and how it's really changed me and made my life for the better in so many ways. So 
that's why I've, I've stayed for this long and I don't plan on quitting ever. So yeah, I, I feel the same exact way. It's so much more than just the, the number on the scale, the freedom to not have to count and track and you know, the what we did before was so hard. And this just like, whoop, well, I'm going to open my window then I'm going to close it. Don't have to think about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, the freedom cleared brain fog for me. You know, I used to always, I, I remember eating when I ate multiple every few hours, you know, come two o'clock, I would have this crash to where I'd be so tired. You know, I don't have that ever anymore. Way less cravings. The binging tendencies that I do have aren't there anymore for the most part. I have an improved relationship with food. My tastes have changed, right? So I used to eat clean before intermittent fasting, but I think it was a lot harder for me to, and I craved like the ultra processed foods a lot more. Now my body really craves the actual healthy, good foods for me, right? Yeah. I think that's such an important shift that happens for so many of us. And I really think it happens over time if we let it. By eating the the higher quality foods and choosing fewer ultra processed foods, it kind of just like ramps up. But you were eating clean before, but still right. craving the ultra processed foods. But exactly. with intermittent fasting, suddenly eating clean felt different. Yes, it, it becomes easier. It doesn't yeah. it it doesn't seem as much like a chore. It's like I'm choosing to do it. Like. You know, like, I, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself by having to eat vegetables. You know, right. like I'm fulfilling myself and wanting to because it makes me feel good, right? Yeah. So. Instead of forcing it, like before you were forcing it because you had to, yeah. now you want to exactly. because your body is craving different things. And that that's to me the, the best part about it. I mean, the better I nourish my body, the better I feel. Exactly. The more more foods I know I want to eat because they make me feel good versus the foods that I know are not going to make me feel good. And it's exactly. that whole empowering of, of making the choice instead of feeling like you have to. So I love that over time you found that you, you're not gravitating towards the ultra processed foods or the binging. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I feel at this point I'm I'm pretty much a food snob. <laughs> My husband has told me that because I am pretty pretty picky about the quality of food that I eat, you know? And I, I laugh when, when you said that because I remember like years ago, I mean, it might have been like 2018, 29. It was early. It was a long time ago. In one of the Facebook groups, somebody got really mad that we were saying food snob. I mean, I, I actually, I think being a food snob means that we care about what we're putting in our bodies because we know how we're going to feel. But someone exactly. got like really, they like left the group. They're like, I can't believe you're food snob. Well, I'm out of here. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> but I think of being a food snob as a positive thing because we realize, you know, all those years when my boys were little and we were eating junk and like anything left over, I would eat it. Like my body was the trash can. Exactly. Eating the chips and the dip when no one was looking. Exactly. You know, that was not serving me well. I didn't feel no. good. But no. now I would not want those chips and dip. And it's not because I have to force myself not to want them or pretend to not want them. They right. do not sound good. Exactly. So when you become a food snob, you're like, like I love Brussels sprouts, but the place we go to play trivia, their Brussels sprouts are fried and greasy. Right. 
Right. I don't want those Brussels sprouts. So I don't even think about them. So, right. yeah, it's just a man. And I love that place. It's a great place, but don't order the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> but we want it to be quality. It needs to be window worthy. That might be a better, better way of saying it. Exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Food must be window worthy. Exactly. And I mean, you know, you hear the term, you are what you eat. And it's yeah. so true. You know, I, I remember before I lost the weight, I, when my diet consisted of mainly ultra processed foods or a high level of them, you know, it was, I struggled with depression, you know, yeah. and, and you just feel weighed down and just blah. And, and I'm not saying that I never have that. Right. It's just, I can definitely tell how I feel after when I eat it. I think some of that comes to our gut microbiome and our gut health. You right. know, the, they're they're finding, you know, we always have heard you know, of the gut as like our second brain, or I don't know, maybe not always, but lately, you know, the right. gut is our second brain. And so a lot of the chemicals in our bodies originate from the byproducts of the gut microbiome as they process whatever it is we send down there. And the ultra processed foods feed a type of gut bacteria that are more likely to have feelings of depression or unhappiness or anxiety versus when we eat higher quality food, we feed the gut guys who send us the feel-good chemicals. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's really important. So I love to hear that. So tell us some of the best things. I know you mentioned some of them already, like some of your non-scale victories. Yeah. So in addition to having a better relationship with food and, you know, fueling my body with nourishing foods, right? So I have a better relationship with the scale. I used to feel like my value or my worth was established by that scale number, right? And and I actually like have pretty much hated my body my whole life, you know, up until now, you know, like I actually love my body, love myself. I don't really care. I mean, yeah, I care. I, I still do weigh every day just to mm-hmm. hold, just to have that accountability, right? I, I have to have that accountability still. And just when I see that <laughs> number creep up, like, no, if I need to scale back, but I don't hold value to that like I used to. And it's just, I... I love my body and I'm working with my body, right? So my whole life I've worked against my body and now I work with my body and self, like I have self-love and I want to take care of myself, you know, like my whole mindset has changed. So that I, I think is the most I've gained that's really huge. Tell me, tell us, you know, someone might be listening. They're like, what in the world does she mean? You're working with your body. Explain so, what that means to you. What it means to me is just really listening to my body, right? Mm-hmm. So intermittent fasting has allowed me like to actually be able to listen to my body and how foods make me feel. And growing up, you know, because I've struggled with weight my whole life, I've just hated myself and everything that I've done to try to maintain or lose weight has been against myself, right? right? So, oh my gosh, you need to lose weight. I hate you body. You know, like wanting to get to this ideal body that I could never get to, <laughs> you know, and, and it was just out of hate for the body that I had. Right. Now it's because I love my body and I want to take care of my health. My, my body is my vessel that 
I, I'm just, I want to make sure that I nourish you with, with the, the best foods available, move you in a way that is comfortable, right? So not like, work out to the point where I'm going to fall over and, you know, like just because right. I hate you, you know? So um, that's really working with what working with my body is for me, you know, means for me. Well, I think that's beautiful. And all of us can, can remember probably if we've been struggling with our weight, having those feelings of hating our body and feeling like our body was like working against us. Yes. And then the whole time we were actually actively working against our bodies, but we didn't know we were because we didn't yes. understand. We thought we had to eat less, move more, try that more and more and more. And so we didn't even know how to listen to our bodies. But once I really do think that loving your body and learning to listen, we, we can do that. And so, you know, what you said about nourishing your body and choosing the foods that make you feel good, moving your body as we get older, it's so important. We're taking care of the body that we have and we're not working against our body. We're working together because our body only just wanted the best for us. Exactly. Exactly. And some some more as far as non-scale victory. So I've became cleanish. So like, right. So in addition to my body craving better foods, right? So I don't drink alcohol anymore. And I feel like like I've evolved in the way, like I only use clean beauty products, mm-hmm. you know, shampoo, conditioner, laundry soap, everything. It's um, fragrances, like any fragrances, I'm so sensitive to. Oh, yeah. Anything artificial fragrance, I just can't even be around. So it's like my whole body has just cleaned itself out, you know? I I get it. And I was, I always used to have terrible allergies all the time and just always runny nose and once, you know, fasting and then I no longer needed allergy medicine, but I do still react to fragrances if I'm around a heavy fragrance, you know, like my sister and her car air freshener. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you're going (laughs) to, I'm going to have to drop. Exactly, exactly. I don't. I don't know how people do it with the laundry detergent smell. Me either. Me either. My I have a seventeen-year-old. My youngest is still in the house, and she has like, you know, all these gifts from you know Bath and Body Works and uh-huh. all the stuff. And I just I can't. You know, she'll spray it, and I'm like, okay, you're killing me. I can't take the yeah. smell. <laughs> just it burns and it's just so like our like I could just smell the chemicals like it's yeah. just not even a good smell <laughs> yeah and I I when I was researching for my book cleanish like the worst products like the worst most dangerous were like those types of body sprays that yes. like we put yes. on our teenagers they're the I worst know, I know <laughs> and I try and tell her but I just you know she's got to figure it just- out figure it out for herself. And she's, you know, just learn by example, be her example anyway. And one day she'll be like, mom, you were right. I know. (laughs) Maybe not at at 17 or 18, but one day she'll listen. Exactly. So what, what does your daughter or your other kids, what do they think about fasting? They're okay. So my oldest is 29 Mm -hmm. and she actually has tried it too. I gave her fast feast repeat for her to read. I think she's read some of it, but she's, she fasts here and there, but I don't think that she's really been consistent on it. 
But, you know, at least the seeds have been planted and, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe one day she'll be started. Exactly. Exactly. My other two daughters, my youngest is 17 and I have a 19 year old and and they know that I do and they, they're just, okay. You know, they don't really think much of it. So I'm just like, no, I'm just like, I'm not eating yet today, you know, (laughs) I'll just tell them or, you know, if she asks me if I want a taste of something or she has a, she had a foods class in high school, she'll bring home something that she baked or something here, want to taste. I'm like, oh, save it for later. I'm not eating yet today. Yeah. So, Well, that makes but sense. Yeah. But the, the, the beautiful thing is that you're passing on to them the love that you sh- you have of your body and you're not passing on, you know, disordered diet thinking. Yes, exactly. All of all the stuff that we got passed on to us. Exactly. Exactly. You're modeling a healthy relationship with food. Yes, for sure. For sure. So you mentioned that you keep your average around 19. What does your daily schedule look like now? What, like what, what time of the day do you prefer to have your window? How does that go? Usually I, I open my window anywhere between one and three in the afternoon and I close by about six or seven. So, you know, sometimes depending on what we have going on, I may end up keeping it open later. Right. If I open early, adjust whatever, however, but it's just the flexibility of it is just, I love, you know, being able to tailor it to whatever I need. So, so do you open when you're still at work? Yes. I, I work from home. Okay. (laughs) I I have the luxury. Yeah, it is. So I have the luxury of just, I'm on conference calls throughout the day. So it's sometimes in between calls. If I decide I want to wait till the end of my day, you know, it it just depends on my schedule. Yeah, having that flexibility is nice. One thing about intermittent fasting for me when I was still a teacher, I was so happy to not have to take food to work. Yes, for sure. I bet that would make it so easy. (laughs) Yeah, so So much much easier. easier. Mm -hmm. So have you eaten today? Did you eat before we talked? I did. I I had just had a little bit to open. I'm planning on what I have going on later. I'm closing my window earlier today. So I thought I'm like, I'm just going to open a little bit earlier today. I have not eaten yet just because I like... I like to wait till after I've recorded. Just that's just me. I'm, I'm so much more clear, but it's about four o'clock. So I told Chad already. I'm like, we're gonna have an early dinner, a little earlier than normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he like doesn't quote open his window again till five, right? You know, you've heard me say that before. Like he's not gonna eat at four fifty nine, but <laughs> and he's already had lunch, so he has two windows. He's made that up. That's not a real thing. But it's Chad fasting, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, do not have a snack at five, Chad. Exactly. We're going to eat early, so exactly. we'll see if he if he listens to that. <laughs> I think he will, but it's it's great that you have the the flexibility to be able to open when it feels right to you. Yes, exactly. Because that's not always the case when people work outside the home. No, no, it's not. And and sometimes sometimes it's challenging just because because I've had something that I struggle with anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So is because I'm home and my kitchen is right in the other room, right? It's easy yeah. if if I do have an emotional day at work or something's going on and I'm like, okay, I need to, <laughs> you know, kind of rein my back in. So sometimes I still do challenge, struggle with the emotional aspects, but it's been a lot better and I can control it a lot better. So this podcast is supported by FedEx. 
FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code wondery for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> yeah. It is it is a whole different challenge when you're at home and there it all is. Your whole exactly. kitchen, everything you could want. But in the office, I just remember, of course, I was at a school, there was always some kind of junk around that we could oh. eat. Well, that too. People bringing donuts Donuts. in, or yeah, (laughs) all the time. Sweet treats day every certain Friday of the month. Oh yeah, it was hard. People ordering out for lunch that became a thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Lunch on Friday. Who wants to order? Exactly. Yeah. So that the social part of it can make it hard. So it's just a matter of getting in your routine and figuring out. You know, how am I going to make this fit my life? Adjust it. Maybe you do eat earlier one day and you know shift that window down or maybe you have a longer window that that day exactly that's okay too it is it is so you mentioned that you you started off with the jillian michaels program and knowing her i know it had some exercise do you still like to do any kind of exercise what do you do i do um so i do everything i exercise about four four days a week. I do Pilates. I love Zumba. I do strength training. I try and um, lift weights a couple times a week because I know the value of keeping your muscle when you get older, right? So I do, I love a little bit of everything. I walk my dog almost every day. I think there's kickboxing. I, I I don't know if there's anything that I don't, actually, what I don't enjoy doing is running. I've yeah. never been a runner that I do not any other physical activity. I love I love the variety of it and just the movement of my body. I love dancing. I love that you're finding things that bring you joy and you don't have to run. I don't exactly. either. We don't exactly. have to run. Funny story. I was, I had, we had some music on the other night and so I was like, I'm going to dance because I'd just been at this conference in Arizona where people dance a lot and it's mm-hmm. so much fun. And Chad was sitting on the couch and I'm like, get up and dance with me. So I'm dancing, I'm <laughs> dancing. And I would like everyone to predict, did Chad or did Chad not get up off the couch and dance with me? What do you think, Angie? I think he did. He did not. No. Oh, my God. Come on, dance with me. He's like, just looked at me like deer and headlights. I mean, no one's there but me and him and the cats, right? But oh. he would not do it. I'm like, okay. Oh. I have dance parties in my living room all the time well, with my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dance at home by myself more so, but yeah. when Chad, I was like, we could dance together. Come on. No, not good. Chad Stevens is not going to do a dance party. At the oh, yes. It's <laughs> sad. He's Maybe not going to do time. it next time. It won't, won't happen. But I, but you know what? I don't care. I don't need Chad to dance with me, right? To do a dance party. Exactly. So, do you do you tell people about intermittent fasting in your life? I 
do. I mean, I don't really, if I'm asked about it, I will, but I don't openly come out and say it really. So, (laughs) and I feel like since I haven't really lost a significant amount of weight on it, like it doesn't really prompt anyone to ask me like, oh, what have you done? You know, tell me, you know, so I I don't really have been given the opportunity much, but I'm definitely willing to share. So if people are interested. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, just like you said, when your sister mentioned it, it felt like she was a little pushing it because she, she, I guess, loved it and wanted you to experience it as well. But same thing, you know, I don't, I don't bring it up to people unless they, they seem to be interested. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, people have to be ready. Exactly. They for sure do. I mean, it's, you can't force them. That's for sure. I, my husband, I, I would love if he, if he did it, I think it'd bring him so many health benefits, but he just doesn't want to. <laughs> Maybe not yet. Let's no. just say not yet. Right. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You just never know. You know, no. my, my sister has started talking about it. Yeah. I'm finally, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Cause her husband does intermittent fasting and one of our brothers does as well. And her, my stepmother, they, they all have the same mother, but I have a different mother, but their mother has started doing some intermittent fasting as well. So I'm like, fingers crossed. I'd love to have her join. Yes, that'd be great. It that'd really would. Great. It's been a long time. You know, I've been doing it for a while and she's been watching. So, exactly. so does your sister still do it? She does. She does. I love it. Um, she, I'm trying to remember, I know that she lost weight on it, but I can't remember exactly how much, but she does. And we're the two, we have two other sisters. Our mom actually did try it for a little bit. And then we have two other sisters that's kind of tried it on and off. Like, I don't think that they've been too consistent about it. It's just us two that we've been super consistent and we just, we love it. <laughs> well, I think that's great. Yeah. And we have the same mindset as far as our, our healthy eating and, you know, like the the whole functional medicine, right? So it's kind of, it's been a health, it's evolved into a health journey on, right. for me too, right? So in addition to the podcast that I listen to, right, your podcast, the one you had with Melanie, um, it's kind of brought me into the whole functional medicine world as well. So her and I are on the same page with a lot of that. So we Mm -hmm. love just talking about everything health related, right? (laughs) I love that your sister's into all of that because that's the best. I actually got to meet Dr. Jeffrey Bland, the father of functional medicine when I was in Arizona at the conference. Yes. He is so nice. He's like, I mean, he literally is the father of functional medicine and founded the like Institute for, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. IFM, maybe Institute for Functional Medicine. But mm-hmm. he is like the most down-to-earth guy. He talks about how he got started working with, oh, Linus Pauling, <laughs> won wow. a Nobel Prize in medicine for his work, you know, and wow. Linus Pauling did. And, you know, he, you know um, Dr. Jeffrey Bland telling his story about feeling there had to be a better way. Yeah. It was an yep. honor to get to meet him, but he was really so nice, like like I said, and he could be like, yes, I'm so important, but he wasn't. He wasn't like that at all. So <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> it really, really is because the whole idea of functional medicine, for anyone who's not familiar with those, those that term, is that instead of treating all the symptoms, 
we look for the root cause and try to fix that. Mm -hmm. And then you're healthier. So I love that you and your sister both have that same for sure. mindset. And she's actually going back to school. She's a nurse and she's going back to school for functional medicine, like for a nurse practitioner. Oh, in I love functional that. Functional medicine. So I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> well, tell so. her that I met Jeffrey Bland and that he's delightful. Yes, I will. <laughs> and hopefully she won't say, who's that? I don't, I don't know, but um, I, I figure everybody in the functional medicine world who's working on a degree would probably know that. But I love that your sister's going to do that because you know, so many of the the practitioners at this conference that I went to started off traditional. They were traditional doctors. Mm-hmm. And they realized all I'm doing is slapping Band-Aids on things. Exactly. Exactly. We both follow Mark Hyman. Yep. Dr. He's Hyman. He's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. I love functional medicine. And I actually, I haven't, the physician that I go to is kind of like a integrated medicine, right? Mm -hmm. So I haven't gone fully functional. A lot of it's due to insurance coverage, right? Right. A lot of functional practitioners don't, aren't covered, right? Right. Which is whole new, a whole different topic. <laughs> oh yeah. We could talk about um, that a long time exactly. and you certainly could since I you know, work for health insurance. I know. Hey, if I had any pull to get that covered, I would. Yeah. But, um, so the physician I go to like still accepts insurance, but he, you know, considers functional medicine or whatnot, but I really haven't had any health issues. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and he's actually run, all the labs that I want, right? So my fasting insulin has been run. I'm a six, right? So it's awesome there. So he runs like all my thyroid, like the whole thyroid panel, not just the minimal ones, you know? So he's very open to it, but he still accepts insurance. So I haven't really had to go full, but I do a lot of my own educating too, to, you know, to where I know, and and plus I'll have my sister now. So that'll be even better. So yeah, there's there's a lot out there. There's so much information. It's no longer hidden. Now that we have, you know, the information age, we can find the information exactly. And, exactly. and find a healthcare practitioner who's willing to be a partner with us. Exactly. You know, we deserve it. And it's not as easy, you know, like you said, if you're stuck with insurance and, and can't go out of pocket and you, the functional medicine doctors don't take the insurance, it can be tricky. It is. It is. So, but I, I do think there are a lot of amazing practitioners out there. There are, there are, you just, uh, you know, hopefully you just got to find one that would work with you and Mm -hmm. educate yourself, be your own health advocate too, you know? So, yeah, I think that, I think that's really important. Well, I love, I love that. And tell your sister, congratulations on taking that step. I will. Thank you. That's really, really exciting. You know, I sometimes, I I wish I had a, some sort of degree like that, but I can't go back to school now. Right. Hey, it's never too late. Well, it's never too late. I got a lot going on. I have a <laughs> lot going on. But <laughs> so, is there anything that you just really still struggle with? So, as far as the fasting goes, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Some days are harder than others. Yeah. You know, but I I feel like just some days I just may be really be more hungry. You know, mm-hmm. and it's again trying to listen to my body. I I would say. The the only thing that I really still do struggle with sometimes is if I do eat sweets, right? Stopping, right. <laughs> which a lot of that's chemically related. But um, I think just sometimes I do tend to overeat past my society signals, yeah. right? So I, I get that signal, but 
it's always been like, I grew up having to finish everything on your plate, you know, and I have this, this thing in the back of my mind too, of, I hate wasting food, you know, and I always right. tend to, sometimes I think my appetite's bigger than it is, you know, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. So I'll put more on my plate and then I hate wasting food and, you know, getting rid of it. So it's like, I'll overeat. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still do too. I, yeah. I still have that. If it's on my plate, even though my body's like, that's enough, I'm more likely to eat it if it's exactly. on my plate. So I've worked on putting a little bit less on my plate. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'm ideally trying to get to the goal of eating to 80%, right? Till I'm 80% full, you know, right. which is not easy to do. So I guess that's my next goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's definitely something I can work on that as well. So, yes. Yes. So we're almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? A few things. So give yourself grace. You know, so important again to work with your body and not against your body. Self-love. You got to love yourself, you know, um, have a support system that definitely helped me, right? The Facebook groups, my sister, being able to talk to, some, to someone to ha answer those questions um, and just really know your why, right? The science behind it. So mm -hmm. if I didn't know the science behind it and all the health benefits, like I may not have stayed for this long because I didn't lose weight right away, right? right? So it's so important and it's really not about the weight loss. It's really about the goal lifestyle, right? Just health and longevity, you know? So it's just... I oh. love those words, goal lifestyle. It is. It is. I really think about it. You know, if you're going to start an intermittent fasting lifestyle, you've found it. You found the thing that's going to give you the freedom to live the goal lifestyle and then just let your body do what it does. You say, exactly. all right, this is how I would like to live. This is how I'm going to eat. This is what I want to eat. And see what your body does. Love your body. Work with your body. Listen to your body. And what will happen, what will be, will be, right? Exactly. exactly. There's a lot of freedom in that. There's so much freedom. There's so much freedom. <laughs> well, Angie, thank you so much for telling your story. And again, tell your sister, I said congratulations on this next step of her life as well. I will. And thank you so much for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.